The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, TeleSouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of TeleSouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you right here on Super Talk Radio. Thanks a lot to all of our sponsors making this show possible. Uh, Bubba, uh, you know, a lot of times we talk to people about various things things they ought to be doing, uh, some, some things financial, uh, some does things it get, get old telling people what to do. Well, all the time? it does, you know, but, but at least when we come back to it on the radio for a couple times a, a week, it seems new cause they yeah. haven't heard us since the last right. time they tuned in, tuned in, but you and I've had to do it for 50 mm-hmm. or 60 hours in the meantime. Yeah. Uh, but we, we find that when, uh, like retirement planning mm-hmm. comes up, I think, a lot of the time people don't do an IRA or they don't do a Roth or they don't involve themselves in their 401k or what's a 403b. Mm -hmm. And so they told me I had a 457 at work and and it gets a little confusing. Well, you just throw out those numbers, 457, 403, 401k, 401a, 408a, you know, all these different sections, the IRS code, people get intimidated by it really quickly. They, They do. Yeah. Uh, and, and we've discussed a lot. Yeah. Sometimes you just throw out a number and people yeah. think, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and so <laughs> they just shut down. It's I like had, a trigger point. I, I was in a local business yesterday and, um, and the individual has recently purchased this business and, you know, they're making a go of it and doing mm-hmm. great and all that kind of thing. And, and I brought it up to him. I said, you know, when, when you get ready to, do, to look at your retirement planning, mm-hmm. let me know. I'd be happy to help and answer any questions that you've got. Mm-hmm. And, and right there in a period of about 15 minutes talking to him, you mm-hmm. know, I, I went through simple IRAs, 401ks, mm-hmm. uh, individual IRAs and how all that works mm-hmm. and how it would could benefit his business and him yeah. uh, and his family. Um, and, and it's amazing how quickly you can rattle this stuff off when you know it. <laughs> right. And I'm sure he was like a deer in the headlights, like, <laughs> all right, stop. I'm enough. drinking from a water yeah. hose, man. Stop. <laughs> right. You're hitting me with too much. Yeah. And, and sometimes it all does. All I wanted to do is sell you this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just, just pay and go away. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, um, I think when we feel that something is so complicated, mm-hmm. Either we shut down or we turn to a specialist. Right. Okay? And today we're uh, honored to have a specialist related to retirement planning with us, uh, Daniel Marshall with The Standard. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks a lot, Greg. It's Appreciate always it. great to, everybody inviting me here. to have you in the office and have you in town. And, and to help uh, Bubba and, and me and our staff and our, our practice uh, do this, do this right, follow all the regulations, all those sorts of things. How long have you been in the retirement planning business gosh greg 27 years so i'm trying don't want to show my age but 27 years right <laughs> 27 years yeah you come straight out of college and pretty much this, pretty much right out of college did yeah. you yeah yeah what what turns you on about all this boring stuff well i practice what i preach i love saving for retirement <laughs> okay it makes it easy when I, when I have a plan in mind to stop working at a certain age and i know because i've saved enough that i i can attain that goal yeah and you do that, a lot of it, through your employer's plan? That's correct, yes. Okay, 
Yeah. Right. Uh, again, not to throw numbers out there, but mm-hmm. when you have a plan, sometimes you, um, you know, based on your income, based on limitations from the government, mm-hmm. sometimes you can't put more away than what the plan limits are. Okay. All right. So if you want to save more than that, then you arrange that otherwise out of your savings and that Correct. sort of thing. Yeah. All right. And so um, the standard, tell me about what you guys do. Well, we, um, we partner with advisors like yourselves. Mm-hmm to prepare and to give to deliver a, a 401k package or a 403b or a 457 mm. a retirement plan package to an employer okay. and so many employers today still don't have a retirement plan for their employees mm. there's still a lot of employers that we meet mm-hmm. with every day that still don't have a plan in place um, our our product or our, our package includes either a bundled offering where we will do all the administration of the plan including all the record keeping, all the investing um, of the assets using the mutual funds that we offer um, through Vanguard, Fidelity, to or Price, other mutual fund families out there. Mm-hmm. Or we can go what we call unbundled with a third-party administrator. So mm-hmm. we offer a chassis, for lack of a better word, to, uh, to give to your to companies. So you said, and, and I agree with you, uh, our experience in the business and actually just my experience being an, an adult in America and talking to my friends who own businesses, a lot of businesses don't provide retirement plans. That's correct. Uh, Unfortunately. If, if you stop a given business owner, I don't care if he's a restaurant owner or he does plumbing or landscaping or manufacturing, whatever, and you ask them, you know, why don't you offer a plan to your your employees or have a plan in your business. What are some of the responses you receive? The first number one response is cost. What's it going to cost me, right? That's always the first question. Okay. But in my mind, having a 401k plan or a simple or some type of retirement plan Mm -hmm. package Mm -hmm. is going to really help that company in the long run for a Mm -hmm. number of reasons. Um, Number one, it's going to help their employees retire, which in a way helps them on cost because they're going to be able to bring in people that are you know, younger and more in tune with what's going on technolo- technologically speaking. So okay. it allows people to, to, to groom their companies for future growth. Okay. Um, the, right. Also, it benefits the owners. The owners themselves mm. can put away money to, to protect okay. for their, or prepare for their retirement. Um, and one thing that people don't think about is health insurance. And I don't want to talk, talk, talk about age because I'm around a few older, including myself, <laughs> a few older people in this room. Um, but, you know, one of the most costly things to a company is health insurance if, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. if they're providing that to their employees, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And so if an employee has checked out because of their age, they're mm-hmm. close to retirement, mm-hmm. but they can't afford to stop working because they don't have enough saved, mm-hmm. then they're typically also going to be the most costly for health insurance because uh-huh. they've got a lot more health issues. They're older in age. It's mm-hmm. typically what we see. Uh-huh. Right. So if employees can retire, right. that's also going to be able to save money. For so what you're saying is you're trying to provide a benefit so Bubba can incentivize me and get me to a point in time a- where he absolutely. can get me off the That's payroll. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. <laughs> get yes. me off the payroll. Yes. Right? I, I, I think you're missing one big key there though, which is retention. So, it, you know, if I've got a, uh, an employee, right. Mm-hmm. And, and they've got an opportunity to go somewhere else, making the same amount of money, doing the same work. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And the other, uh, location has a retirement plan and I don't, Ooh, yeah. does that make that other location more, yeah. uh, Attractive. attractive especially if they have an employer contribution right sure. they're making a match yeah three percent of yeah. wages yeah and it really isn't costly people who own companies they realize it's not as costly as they think because that three percent if they're doing a let's just say a three percent contribution to their employees mm-hmm. 
that's off the top from taxes and it's not something that they're having to give to their employees as a bonus mm. where they pay payroll taxes on uh, so it's in a way saving them also that way as well absolutely and and we've we've opened up just a little bit of this can of worms we're up against a break we're going to take a, a break here and go to commercial um, and when we come back we're going to continue this discussion with Daniel Marshall with the standard about retirement planning how they're structured the benefits of having them what they really cost here on the Advisors Roundtable, Super Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you right here on Super Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we have with us uh, Daniel Marshall, who is with The Standard, which is um, a provider of 401ks for employers. So talk to us a little bit more deeply about The Standard, uh, how long you've been around, what you guys do, how large you are, uh, a little commercial for the company, but also a little educational for maybe employers who are listening. Great. Thanks. Thanks, Greg. So The Standard is a company that's been, was founded in 1906. So we have a, a very long history of being in the business. Um, very high rated on the AM Best and insurance ratings. Um, we have 3,300 employees, about $35 billion in assets under the um, our asset administration side. Mm -hmm. um, we are one of the things that really kind of sets us apart in terms of an offering to employers is our the way that we handle the fiduciary role. We can act as a pure 321 and 338. I hate to throw these numbers out. Yeah, just throw some numbers out. What does that saying. mean? Yeah. So, so what it means, Bubba, thank you, is that it allows the, the standard doesn't own any mutual funds. And so because we don't own any mutual funds, the offering that we offer or the, the, the lineup that we offer to our customers, we can independently vet on an ongoing basis because we don't also take any of the revenue sharing. So these mutual funds that we put in the lineup, again, T. Rowe Price, Vanguard, Fidelity, mm -hmm. the, those funds will sometimes pay us money to put their fund in the lineup. Oh, wait a minute. So it's like a pay-to-play kind of deal. It, exactly, except we don't keep it. We give it back. Mm. But but other providers may? They do. There are other providers that do keep revenue sharing. Okay. They'll use different share classes that are paying yeah. more revenue to them. So in a way, there's bias, right? I mean, mm. if we accepted the revenue sharing from the mutual funds, mm -hmm. then it could be shown or it could, could lead to bias in the fact that we might be selecting funds simply upon how much they're paying us rather than the actual performance of the fund. Right. 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 So okay. 321 kind of getting that number out yeah. there just mm -hmm. simply means that we are independently able to monitor the lineup of funds and provide on an ongoing basis. Okay. And that means that from time to time, if I'm a balanced fund and I was previously in your lineup and I didn't meet certain criteria, I didn't perform, I didn't do well, I went up too high on my cost, whatever criteria you use, you can knock me out and put Bubba's balance fund in. Exactly. That's okay. exactly right. And there's a lot of things that go into, Greg, right. you, you hit it right on the, on the, a lot of things there you said was just on target. Mm. Performance against the benchmark over three and five years. You know, that's one of the things that would, so from a quantitative perspective, the numbers, right? Mm -hmm. They have to beat the benchmark for three and five years or they're put on a watch list. Okay. If they don't remove themselves, remove themselves from that watch list after four quarters, we automatically fire them and remove them and replace them with another balanced fund. Okay. So that, so that benchmark, I guess, is kind of like a report card. Mm. How are you doing that's, in the fund, actually? That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, absolutely. It's every quarter that... that and if quarter, you're an A or B, you're probably going to stick around. If you're a C, you're probably on the watch list and a D and an F. You're never going to be yeah. in the lineup. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So are there plans 
out there that don't do this, that don't vet the funds? Absolutely. We run into plans all the time. I was in a presentation yesterday with a 457 plan. It was another number I'll Mm -hmm. show out there. It's a governmental entity. Mm -hmm. And um, they're utilizing a lineup with a provider um, that owns mutual funds. Okay. And so the scorecard from their company says these are failing their own scorecarding, but they won't remove them because they're not going to fire themselves. Mm-hmm. They're not going to fire their own fund managers right. from a lineup. Oh, yeah. Especially if they had their own funds in there. That's exactly right. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that was the 331. 321. 321. The other's a 338. Correct. 338 is where we will then fire the fund and remove it. So that's the other part. So 321 okay. is the independent analysis and review. Mm-hmm. Okay. 338 is the actual action of removing the fund from the lineup. And, and really... The whole purpose is of this is to make sure that there's never a fund in the lineup that is a, is a dog, for lack of a better yeah. term. All right, so if you're not doing this for Bubba's company, if Bubba has a small engine company and five employees and he wants somebody to uh, allow him to have benefits and 401k for his employees, so he does this and he puts together a 401k and you guys aren't doing this fiduciary work. Is it supposed? Is he supposed to be doing it? The owner of the company is supposed to be doing it. That's correct. Well, yeah. What if he doesn't do it and Phil is an employee there? That's, that's where someone, if someone becomes disgruntled, you never know what could happen in our litigious society that we live in, right? So that's... So Bubba's kind of exposing himself risk, yes. to the possibility that his employees are going to come back or maybe Phil's wife come back and say, you know... We didn't have enough money saved for retirement, and my financial advisor or my CPA says it was part of it was because we paid too much or we didn't have a good investment lineup. You're, you're exposed. That's right. That's exactly right, Greg. Yes. And so the standard is taking that exposure, that fiduciary responsibility off the employer. Correct. And there's a hold harmless that the employer signs with us in our whole process. Okay. All right. So there, there's two levels there, though, mm-hmm. that I want to get into because mm-hmm. we're already in the weeds, right? Yeah, yeah, we're down in the weeds. We're definitely in the we weeds. We talk <laughs> about self-directed 401ks, right? Yeah. And you can do that. Um, and, you know, I've got a 401k that I can go in and I can select the investments in, mm-hmm. right, out of a lineup. Mm-hmm. Or um, many times there are check-the-box type things, right, where there will be a prepackaged investment option, whether I'm aggressive or conservative or moderate or however that works out. Mm-hmm. That doesn't uh, shift any liability mm-hmm. in, in that case. I, so I guess what I'm saying is if I'm taking the investment selection on myself, mm-hmm. right, then the, the liability is on me. Right. But as far as the owner goes, right, right? And and in this case, Mm -hmm. the owner is responsible for doing the due diligence on the funds, making sure they're they're appropriate, uh, you know, well within the benchmarks or or grade. You're running a small business. Yeah. Do you have time to do that? I I know if I was doing another type of business, I wouldn't have the time. to. Would you know how to do that? Yeah. So I'll tell you this uh, with our own business. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And our own 401k. Right. We outsource that. Right. Yeah, get somebody who's we're, a specialist. We're in the business. Right. We're specialists. We right. know how to vet these funds and look at them. But I don't have time to look at 80 funds in my 401k on yeah. a quarterly basis. Right. That's right. I'm doing that for all of my other clients. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and how many 
how many employers really understand the advantage that would be? Well, if I've never been sued, I don't know that really I'm exposed, right? Right. But it affects them too, though, Greg, not just Mm. from the lawsuit side, but think about if you're an owner of a company and you have a fund in your lineup for the last five years Mm. that's performed 25% lower than, or or in the 25th, from the, like 25th from the bottom in terms of performance, like percentile. So right. 75th percentile. Right. So over the last five years, you've been in a fund that has underperformed the benchmark. Mm. Sometimes I see that by three, four, 5% per year over the five-year track record. Really? So that's yeah. actually affects the owner himself because he's got money in the plan as well. Right, right. So you say that the owner can be part of the plan. Is In this case, the owner's seen as, as an employee? Yes, and, okay. and he can. Is in terms of when we look at a plan from uh, running the plan, so mm-hmm. administration of a four hundred one k plan or a retirement plan like this, mm-hmm. um, an owner is an employee in terms of the plan itself as well. Okay, so the- so he can contribute. He can get his matching contribution mm-hmm. or his profit sharing contribution or a safe harbor contribution. All right, and we're going to get to uh, matching and, and right. profit sharing and safe harbor in a in a minute. Now that we're down in the weeds, we may stay down in here for a while. Right. But the, the employer, uh, a lot of employers out there, they're just taking a draw. You know, every now and then their CPA says, you know, if you, put, if you set yourself on salary, you're going to have to match your Social Security and do all that other stuff and have all these extra expenses. I see a number of people, they don't have themselves listed as an employee, right? Yeah. So, but K one income, passive income, yeah. LLCs. That, yeah. So those, yeah, we have plenty of companies we work with, law firms, mm-hmm. CPA firms. So, despite the advice they've gotten from other people, their CPA, the way they want to handle their taxes, an employer can get a benefit out of having a four hundred one k and offering one. Absolutely, right. Yes. Now, you said early on in this conversation, almost 30 minutes ago, that one of the first things that people use as a pushback to you is cost. Um, what is this going to cost? Always the first question, right, from an owner. The worry yeah. about cost yeah. it is. So, yeah. again, I go back to that, that conversation with that, that owner is, well, what is it going to cost you if you don't have one? Okay. From from Bubba mentioned retention, retention and attracting mm-hmm. employees, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're trying to attract, let's say you're an engineering firm and you're trying to attract an engineer that's coming out of college and he's got two companies he's looking at and one has a 401k plan, most mm-hmm. times they're going to go with the one, the 401k plan. That's what we're seeing. Yeah. Yeah. And actually in that situation, sometimes we have parents call Bubba and me and they'll say, you know, my daughter just graduated from state, Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, wherever, and she's interviewing. And it's come down to between these two or three companies. What do you guys think? One of the first things we look at is which one offers benefits. That's right. Yeah. Right? Which one's got a 401k? Which one's got health insurance, right? right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's a lot of money. That's a financial consideration, especially somebody who's starting out in their life. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I see people in my business. I've seen employees leave companies with 401k plans for, um, you know, where they're getting a three and a half percent match of their salary and they'll leave the company and go to another company for 10 cents more an hour Mm. and go to a company that doesn't have a 401k plan, Mm. right? With a three and a half percent match, three percent of salary. So it's very short-sighted. They're losing sight that, that benefit. That really is. That's exactly right. And sometimes I think it's because we really don't understand our on pay stub. Yeah, you're absolutely right. 
Yeah, there's plenty of people that don't look at their pay stubs, right. especially since everything's direct deposit today. I think less people are seeing mm-hmm. how much they're coming out of their in taxes, how much they're paying in taxes, how much it's costing yeah. their benefits. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds, of, you know, all, all those things I see all the time. You know, right. when I when I do meetings for employees, um, one of the questions I ask in, in meetings with with employees is, how much have you saved for your retirement right now on your own if it were not for this plan mm-hmm. at your workplace? What do you think we an- the answer is? Most of them, no. Zero. Zero, none. Zero yeah. right? Right. So I wouldn't pe- be saving at all. That's right. People have to build, have to save. They yeah. Have, you know, that's, that's our. And that's if it comes out of the payroll, it's automatic. Out it of sight. before I touched it. Out of sight, out of mind. Right. Pre- pre-tax doesn't right. really cost us as much. Very, very good benefits out of having a 401k plan. We're up against another break here on the Advisors Roundtable. When we come back, we're going to continue our discussion with Daniel Marshall and talk about retirement plans, how they're structured, and maybe what you need to know more about here on Super Talk. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planners, Cooley and Levis with you right here on Super Talk Radio. Today we are with Daniel Marshall with The Standard. We're talking about retirement plans. So uh, let's say that you do go in. Bubba owns this uh, small engine repair uh, company, and he has five or six employees, and he's decided that, yeah, I'm making enough money. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to have some income tax issues. I also have some retention issues. I have some other things that in, in, inspire me to talk to somebody about having a retirement plan. Maybe my four or, or my, my CPA has said, you know, you may want to think about a retirement plan. Now, why would my CPA get involved in that, in this conversation? Tax benefits, right? So really? trying to save taxes for the employer, yeah. the owner of the company. Yeah. Um, those deductions that he's going to receive for making contributions to the plan mm-hmm. offset his income, right? right. And there will be some cost for having this, for offering this, and those are deductible costs. Absolutely. Expenses that the company pays as a billed expense right. are deductible to that company, to the corporation. All right. So he decides he's going to do one. And you come in and you start talking about the structure of the plan. We're going to have these people, your employees, and they're going to contribute from their payroll. It's going to come out before taxes. Um Talk to me about matching contribution from the employer. Sure. So, Greg, so the, the probably the biggest plan design from mm-hmm. the employer's perspective that we see is a match that's 50 cents on the dollar on the first 6% that an employee puts in the plan. That's kind of the, the norm that we see. Okay. So that means that the liability for the employer, for the owner, is 3% of an employee's wages. So okay. remember, 3%, that's mm-hmm. a tax deduction. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they'll put that 3% match on a vesting schedule. So the employee has to be there for six years, right? Up to six years is the vesting schedule on a contribution like that, a matching contribution. So, um, now Bubba's money as an employee, cause he can make himself an employee here. You talked him into right. it. All right. So his money is always his. Correct. So his deferral. So he puts his 6% in mm-hmm. or he puts in his 19,500. He maxes out his limit. Okay. Uh, whatever, right. whatever it is. Yep. Right. Um, that's always his. Correct. It's hundred percent vested. It's the employer contribution that the company puts in for the employee and the owner has, is also his match, mm-hmm. which is on a vested schedule. And you know, a lot of employees will come up to us after a meeting and say, or ask us, why do they, why does that my company put a vesting schedule mm-hmm. on my match? And mm-hmm. what's the answer? Yeah. Because they want you to stay they around. Want you to stay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's more costly. We for don't want to comp- give you all this money and then it's, you just leave. Exactly. Bubba doesn't want to keep having to rehire people. Right. <laughs> right. You know, so when you leave, he has to, it's costly to a company. Again, talking about that retention yeah. thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's costly to a company to have to 
hire people constantly. We hire people. Mm-hmm. While and, we're talking about uh, this schedule, mm-hmm. uh, why don't you explain the difference between a cliff schedule and a graded schedule? Sure, mm-hmm. sure. So, so what I'm talking about is a six-year graded schedule of vesting. So what that means is after the first two years of employment, mm-hmm. the employee is 20% vested in the employer contribution. Okay. And then each succeeding year after that, for the next five, you know, next four years, up to six, six or more years of service, they earn 20% per year. So at six or more years of service, the employees are hundred percent vested or have hundred mm-hmm. percent ownership of the, of the, employer's, com- of the employer's money. money. Okay. Correct. So if Greg gives me money as a match and I'm on, on, on that schedule, right? After three years You're and four- I decide to leave, I can get 40% of That's whatever right. that money's grown. That's to. exactly right. And so a lot of employees will ask, well, what happens to the money after I leave the other money? And it's mm-hmm. what happens is it's forfeited back into the company's there's a forfeiture account that's set up within mm-hmm. the plan that the employer can utilize to offset either fees, um, build costs, or um, future contributions yeah. that are made into the program. So okay. um, now cliff vesting, on the other hand, mm-hmm. is let's just say that, and I'll get into safe harbor details in a little bit, so we'll use two-year two year cliff here, okay? So two-year cliff, that means an employee has to be there for two years or they forfeit everything. So mm-hmm. if someone leaves one year in, um, they forfeit 100% of the contribution. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of times you'll see three-year cl- cliff vesting. They have to be there for three years. Um, otherwise, they forfeit everything. Right. Okay. All right. But once they've been there past the cliff, everything's there. That's correct. Everything is theirs after they've been there. It's everything is theirs if they leave. Now, plans can be set up in a number of ways, mm. right? So it depends upon how the employer. There's a lot of options. An employer can set up the plan. If they're setting it up for the first time, they can say, we're going to recognize prior service mm. before the effective date of the plan for mm. vesting. Okay. So they can say... So if Phil has been an employee for the last 20 years, he, do, he doesn't have to meet another six years that's right. to be fully vested. Or the company can set it up where they say, we're not going to recognize yeah. Phil's prior service with the company. He's got to work here. That's right. Okay. Six years or three, whatever it is to get the full vesting. Mm-hmm. Um, same with eligibility. I mean, you know, a lot of companies today that are are reducing, reducing the waiting time for an employee to get into a plan. But when someone sets up a plan, they have the option of... Um, waiving the waiting period for employees mm-hmm. to get in the program. Um, going into plan design a little bit more in detail, mm-hmm. you know, I mentioned this 50 cents on the dollar on the first 6% matching contribution. The issue for an employer, and not to, here's where we're going to get into the weeds a little bit more here, mm-hmm. a 401k plan and a 403b um, for a nonprofit, so qualified 403b, qualified 401k plans, have testing requirements where the government says that if you don't have a plan that's set up in a, under a safe harbor plan design, and we're going to get into that kind of in the mm-hmm. next step, yeah. Yeah, right. um, then our plan, your plan has to be tested. And typically the way that works is that the owner cannot put more than typically on average two percentage points more than with his non-highly or non-owner employees are putting in the program. And so, Bubba, with your company with five employees, mm-hmm. let's say that you put in 10% of your pay, mm-hmm. but the other four employees in the company only put in 4% on average between the four of them, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, the most that you as an owner are able to put in the program is two percentage points above or, or 6%. 6%. So you're going to be refunded the contributions between 10 and ten and mm-hmm. 6. six. Right. So 4% plus any earnings on top of it is going to be refunded back to you for that failed testing. And meanwhile, I was planning on deferring all that money. Yeah. And getting and the tax break. I get to the end of the year and then they do this test and mm-hmm. I, oh, wait a minute, I've got to get some money back out of the plan and I can't defer that. All right. So uh, 
and I know the answer to this question, but I like to ask these questions that I know the answer to. Uh, <laughs> why? Why do they have to do the test? What, why is the rule there? Why because is the, the Department of Labor looking at you it? You know the answer. That's exactly yeah. right. So the government says Bubba can't set up that plan simply for his benefit. That's really uh, what it's about, uh -huh. right? Because, um, you, you know, the government wants the, the plans to be in place for all employees. Okay. Trying right? to equal the playing field. Exactly. They don't want it to be beneficial only to the ownership. Right. Okay. All right. But if I don't want to have to deal with this testing every year and the possibility that I'm going to be refunded and I'm not going to be on schedule to have all this money in a retirement account when I turn 62, all that, I can do a thing called a safe harbor. That's right. And as I do my plan design, what does safe harbor do? Safe harbor allows the employer, the mm -hmm. ownership, the employees that are owners or anybody that's deemed to be a highly compensated employee, mm -hmm. which for just... Let me share what that is. Last year, if you earned over $130,000 or more in your wages, then you're a highly compensated employee for the plan year. Okay. okay. So anybody that's a 5% or greater owner or had those wages, those people are those people that would be tested and, mm -hmm. and, and potentially fail. But okay. Safe Harbor allows those employees to max out without risk of failing that test, their deferrals into the plan. So for someone like myself, I'm a good looking 52 year old says my beautiful wife, Michelle at home. Okay? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we, uh, we are able to put away $26,000 because of our age, 50 years of age of old or older. Right. right? Mm -hmm. Um, but someone less than 50 years of age can put away $19,500. That safe Harbor plan design allows those, all these owners and, and highly compensated employees to put that total maximum away without risk of, failing and having to refund those contributions. All right. So what do I have to have done in my safe harbor to be able to have that advantage? Great, great question, Greg. So the way the plan design works is, so there's a, a number of different variants. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's a matching variant. There's a couple of versions of matching variant. One is called the basic safe harbor match, mm -hmm. which is you have to match dollar for dollar on the first 3% that an employee contributes, mm -hmm. and then 50% on the dollar on the next 2%. So if an employee puts away 5% of their wages, they get a 4% match, mm. but it has to be 100% vested, okay? Mm. So there's more cost, right? 4%, mm -hmm. if someone puts in 5, 100% vested. Because in the earlier example, when you were talking about a non-Safe Harbor plan, it was 50% on the first six. Right, so 3%. They only get 3%. With a six-year vesting schedule, right. Right, right. So, but, but if you have a Safe Harbor, the employees are gonna get more. That's right. But again, it allows the owner to put away twenty six thousand okay. or nineteen five, okay. which is a, a huge tax advantage for them, for mm -hmm. them typically, right? right? I think that's real common though. When we talk about safe harbor plans, I think that's the most common matching uh, well, there's scenario. A, yeah, there's a couple other ones, and one that's yeah. really a lot of people don't realize is it's called the the QACA. I don't want to mm. again in the weeds here. I call that Quaka. Yeah, Quaka, <laughs> Qualified <laughs> Automatic <laughs> Contribution Arrangement. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. so what that that vesting schedule or that matching is dollar for dollar in the first one percent, mm -hmm. and fifty cents on the on the dollar on the next five percent. Okay. So if an employee puts in six, they get a three and a half percent match mm -hmm. with a two year vesting schedule. Um, okay, so that's a little bit more palatable, but the only issue there is that automatic enrollment is required. Mm -hmm. But if you have a small, closely held company, 19, 20, 30 employees, right. it's not as big of an issue. I mean, that's a right. really good way to go because you're going to get those forms from those employees that, yes, I want to be in or no, I do not, right? Yeah. So they're typically not auto-enrolled. Okay. So that's version two. 
Version three is where the employee puts it, the employer puts away 3% to all employees, regardless of whether or not they participate. So it can become um, expensive, but there's some really good benefits on that, on, on more enhanced profit sharing mm. contributions in place that are, that are there. Okay. So. All right. We're going to get to profit sharing in a minute and how to get those enhancements and do those sorts of things. If you're an employer, uh, we're up against another break here at the advisors Roundtable. our discussion with Daniel Marshall with the standard related to retirement plans. And when we come back, we're going to continue that discussion on super talk radio. Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you here on Super Talk Radio. Today we're discussing retirement plans with uh, Daniel Marshall with The Standard. And uh, Daniel, I, I want to review some terms. Bubba says that sometimes when we start using numbers and math, that's a trigger point for some people and they shut down. And sometimes when you use terms that people don't use all the time, we shut down. You know, you go to the doctor and he comes in with all that Latin you know, you just want to know, is it a bunion or is it not? You know, and he starts yes. talking about blah, 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 and, it's and whatever. And, and you shut out. You, you're not really listening. So when it comes to plan design and, and 401ks, let's talk um, deferral means the amount of money I as an employee put in. That's what that is. And the reason, the reason that the, the term deferral is used is because I'm putting the money in and not paying taxes now. I'm deferring taxes on that money. Now, later on, I'm going to pay taxes, right? That's right. Okay. Yeah. The IRS has a way of wanting to get their money. They right? absolutely want their money. <laughs> okay. Yes. They're going to get it now or later. Now, the, the whole reasoning here for me to possibly defer some now is that I may be in some peak earning years. My 30s, 40s, 50s, early 60s making the most money I've ever made in my life, probably maybe in the highest tax bracket I've ever been in my life. And it could be an advantage for me not to pay the tax now. And when I take money out in my retirement years, maybe I'm in a lower tax bracket. That's what the whole reasoning behind this is, right? That's right. Okay. Yep. So that's deferral. All right. Matching. That's the money that the employer is going to put in, in addition to my deferral. Right. If I put in money from my paycheck, they will match it. If I put in money. Yep. Okay. And they will match it on one of these schedules that the employer chose. That's right. Uh, and it's going to uh, be uh, 50% on the first amount. It's going to be a dollar for a dollar for the first one and 50% of that. We talked about all that in that other segment we talked about. All right. That's matching. Safe Harbor, from the point of view of the employer, is a way for me to do this where I can guarantee I can put the maximum amount away and not have to do all this testing where I give money back. Maximum deferral, correct. Right. Yeah. All right. Yes. All right. Now let's get to a thing called profit sharing. Great. Perfect. So profit sharing is a way for employers to put money in um, without having, again, so profit sharing is putting money in without any deferral being put in on top of it. So without, without an employee having to put money in, the employer can put money away for their employees. Okay. Now, we talked at the end of the last session about the last version of Safe Harbor, mm -hmm. and it's a 3% non-elective. So in other words, I'm going to put 3% if I'm the owner of the company. I'm going to put 3% away from my employees, regardless of whether they contribute from their checks or not. Now, Ooh. the reason behind that is that there's a way for employer owners to um, maximize their total all-in contribution number, which for someone that's over 50 years of age is um, $64,500 mm. is the limit. Now, so 
off the top of that 64.5 comes the 26,000 in deferrals. Mm-hmm. Then if they put 3% of their wages in, in terms of a safe harbor contribution. Mm-hmm. And then the next step is the profit sharing to okay. get them up to that maximum level. Okay. okay? So um, there's some kind of designed ways where we can target certain employees um, with a higher rate of contribution than, than allowed mm-hmm. by government on a base on a, on a testing basis. Okay. So, and that's called new compare, new comparability profit sharing. I don't want to get again, too technical, too technical, but right. we, we put each participant in their own rate group and we give them a percentage targeted amount, uh, into their own accounts, into their accounts in the form of a profit sharing contribution. Okay. That's a lot of, and that's over their deferral, the amount they put in it's over and above the regular matching or the safe Harbor, the okay. regular 3% safe Harbor. Okay. Yep. Right. And if, if an employer gets to the end of the year and he made it, it was a really good year and he wants to put more away, save more, have more non-taxable, whatever. He can do that. That's right. Through this discretionary. And we always set it up. The terminology used for the profit sharing is discretionary. So okay. it's not forced. Okay. It's not a fixed or required amount. You don't gives, have to do it every year. That's right. It gives the employer the flexibility. If they've got a fantastic year and they want to save a ton of money on taxes, mm. why not give it to their employees? And that profit sharing schedule is always, typically we see always on a vesting schedule. Mm. So six that, years. that mean if Phil's an employee of mine, he just does a bang up job this year and I want to bonus him in any way. Can I, can I discriminate against him and say, hey, Phil, you did a great job. Can I give you more of a match than other employees? Yes, there is a way to do this through this, each participant in their rate group, discretionary profit sharing to give more to employees mm-hmm. via the profit sharing. And I've got, as a great example, I'll share with you, I have a, a company, a, a, a boat company, a tugboat company. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they've done is they've actually utilized this to bonus, at the end of the year, they bonus their employees in the form of a profit sharing contribution to the plan. And they'll give a higher percentage to the employees that have done a better job for them in the, throughout the year mm-hmm. than the employees that haven't done as mm-hmm. good a job. So okay. it's a way for the owner to, um, target that way to target their employees that way as well and and sometimes i've i've seen where you know you got a really great employee she's been here a long time but she says she wants to retire when she's 65 and she's 62 maybe over the next three years she's one of those i give a little extra money to right that's exactly right so that lady that's been working with me for 25 years right 30 years Mm -hmm. um She's a loyal employee. Mm-hmm. I want to give more to her. I have the discretion to do that. And now, that's the way I can do it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Th- through the profit sharing. Discretionary thing. profit sharing, yes. Okay. Do most employers who set these things up, whether they really ever take advantage of the profit sharing side, allow you to do the plan design so there's this discretionary thing there available? We always do that. In you our do. setup, when we set up plans, we always typically try to write that in our plan documents that we do with, the, with our customers. All right. You said something about a plan document. All right. Um, is this like a legal thing? Yes, it mm-hmm. is. So we have a, a legal document. The, mm-hmm. re, the government requires a plan to have an, adop, uh, an adoption agreement or a plan document that defines the, the way the plan works. Okay. And each year the government requires the filing, the form filing to be filed. There's a form 5,500 that's filed every year. Mm-hmm. And is that it, like a tax return? It's not, it's somewhat like a tax return, but it's, it's more not, informational, right? Exactly. More information. It's right. right. Talks okay. shows how many participants were in the plan, how much money was contributed into the plan by the employees and the employer over the year, what the balances, what the earnings were, distributions, that kind of thing. Okay. Uh, can anybody see that? Yes. 
those are on the DOL website. Okay. People can look up 401k plans that are on the websites of the DOL. So if I'm thinking about going to work for plan XYZ and, you know, I'm preparing for my interview before I talk to the, the, the people in HR and the personnel folk and the folk who are going to uh, uh, interview me, maybe I want to prepare by knowing about their benefits this way. Yeah, they can look at the plan and see if they made an employer contribution and how much they made. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. And that that way you kind of confirm. They tell you, oh, we got a great retirement plan. And you look up the 5,500 on the DOL site and you're like, ah, that looks so good to me. No employer contribution, but this <laughs> other company's got 10,000 they put in, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, no, it's, so it's, yeah, it's, it what makes is a difference. An SPD. Summary plan description. So that's something that's also required to be to given to employees when they become eligible. So for, for most employees, I think that that's going to give most of the relevant information yes. that you need about the plan. That's exactly right. Bubba. How old you have to be? How long you got to work there? How long you got to work there in order to participate? When can right? I take my money yeah. out? When right? can I get my money out? Yeah. 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 So and also remember, just for everybody out there, remember that these plans are designed for what? For retirement, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So, so often today I'm seeing one of the things I, I, I'm not a huge fan of is I see 401k plans set up with a loan provision where employees can borrow against the account and pay themselves back. Mm -hmm. But what we're seeing typically is people are borrowing and then after the five-year term of the loan, they repaid it back. What do they do? Do it again. They take another loan, yeah. right? Yeah. So the money's never being kept in the plan for what it's meant for, which is retirement. And we really need to get a mindset in the country today where people save, number one, and then keep the money in the plan, even if they change jobs. They can keep the money or roll it over to an IRA with Bubba and Greg or, or, or move it to their new employer's right. plan. Man, you're, you're speaking a different language. Not only are you speaking this math language and not only are you speaking this legal language, not only are you talking about 401ks and 403bs and stuff like that, all these people already shut you out. And now you come in and think somebody's going to be committed to something for the long term? Long term. Huh? Long term. Man, we ain't into anything long term these days. We need to be, right, Greg? We have a real. We're gonna have a retirement crisis on our hands when people get to sixty-five yeah. or seventy and still can't afford to stop working, right? I mean, the biggest mm -hmm. question I'll, I'll, that we have when in meetings, mm -hmm. employees will come up to us and they'll ask us, "How much do I need to save?" Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. That's like the number one question. How mm -hmm. much do I need to save to get there? People yeah. have no idea. Yeah. And but so, once you set it up and you are saving the seven percent that Bubba does the math for you on. Leave it alone. Don't touch it. Increase it, though. Yeah. Increase it. Every other year, every year, try to increase it 1%, 2% per year. If you get a raise, take some of that money, put it away. Yeah. 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 It's almost like you're increasing your retirement savings out of somebody else's money when it comes out of your raise. Yeah. That's right. But... And also takes away from the taxes. That you yeah, pay. yeah, great benefits. And thank you for being here, uh, Daniel Marshall with The Standard, discussing retirement planning here on the Advisors Roundtable. We hope we've discussed something today that is important to you and your life here on Super Talk Radio. Thanks for being with us.
The discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable, and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an Advisors Roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planters, LLC. Ignite Planters, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated.